0: You about to witness is my, is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong. Hey, put the music back on. Let's get the party back cracking up. Oh, go, got it Give my money. Give my money. everybody? Welcome back This podcasting thing is weird to me. I feel like everybody that hops on one starts talking and like I'm seeing the numbers that like downloads and all that good stuff and like I feel like all the podcasts that I listen to are just like talking to these gigantic audiences but like most people probably don't have that big of an audience. So I'm glad to have you on. I think uh, everyone's going to want to share this episode so that'll help my audience growth but what's up brother? I got Zach Zach Hummel here today. Just going to talk shit.
1: What's up, bro? How's it going? <laughs>
0: I love that purpose hat. Oh, right on, yeah. Uh, Roger, the last dude I had on here, he made it. He designed it. I knew you know, Roger. Was... I met him
1: at the uh, the meet and greet thing you had over here at the burger. Oh Club. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you he's... said there's only one dude in town with more swag than me. I was about hurt about it. So <laughs> yeah, he
0: yeah. I've said it multiple times. He's the coolest guy that I've ever met. That's super and, cool. I mean, you got a lot of swag, but this dude's just like just cool. Yeah, just cool. Yeah, he was there's, super cool when I met him. There's a difference cool between cool
1: and swag. Oh. I think. uh He's got the he's got the cool down. That's I I say that about my buddy Jose. He's from Cali. Have you met Jose? Yeah, yeah. He just has this like I call it a Cali vibe. He's Cali actually my Vi- scared yeah. animal. <laughs> That's what I say. So what's up, man? What you been up to, dude? I've been uh, I've been productive recently. I had a great summer. So I got injured training this year. My first actually like, major training injury that I've had the past fifteen years. Got a large disc. Yeah, bulge disc in my lower back. Uh, I had a little issue going on with my shoulder. Both kind of freak accidents. I was doing a circus dumbbell. So what a circus dumbbell is is like a three to four times the size of a regular dumbbell. And it's, and it's like a three-inch handle, and it's using Strongman for overhead press. So essentially, anytime you go into Strongman sports, it's like, how can I make hard movements harder? And that's <laughs> essentially what they're doing. And I was pressing it overhead, and it was windy out that day. Like a buffoon, I throw it over my head, and the wind catches it. Oh, I hurt shit. my shoulder. So I'm, like, recovering from it. I was like, I'll just go fucking hard on my lower body then. So I'm, like, up in my lower body days and just being real ego-driven as a lifter. And I guess that's my sport strength training. It's ego right. lifting, right? And uh, I trap bar deadlift, you know, with the handles on the side. Uh, 800 was a big PR for me and good form. And next thing you know, I couldn't Jeez. walk the next day, man. I had a bulging disc, so. 800? 800 pounds? 800 pounds. You moved 800 pounds? I did. I Jesus up, Christ. I was pretty pumped about it, too. I was really excited <laughs> about it, you know. And then I spent the rest of the summer pretty much just, like, crippled. I was pretty hurt the rest of the summer, so I spent a lot of time kayaking and getting right with my soul. You know, at that time, in basically my entire life, if I didn't train every day at least five or six days a week, my mental state slipped quickly. Mm -hmm. So it was really a great mental test. And the last, you know, six months, I've been really finding myself as a person and growing myself as a person a lot, you know, outside of the gym. You can tell.
0: Thanks. You can definitely tell. I was going to talk, bring this up later, or at least at some point, but, like, you seem... Happy,
1: thanks, man. I am. I got married this year, dude. Which I think, like, you could probably contest to this as well. Like, I feel like the day we said I do, I had to level up in maturity. Right. I'm like, bro, I can't be. I can't have Ash going to work and be like, my husband sucks. (laughs) I don't want to be a (laughs) shitty husband. Like, I want to be a good husband. So I feel like I've had kind of like level up and mature in all aspects of my life, which is, you know, kind of really helped thrive my business a lot more in my relationships and you know my communication as well. That's great,
0: so uh we've been we've been friends for what like two or three years now Two years yeah, and it's it's been kind of cool to see the 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 change that has taken place in you. I mean, now you got this Jesus beard, you got the crazy long hair, and you used to be short and like what like a bu- almost a buzz on the side yeah, clean cut, so like physically, the appearance is different, and then just like as a man, it's just like you you were a bad motherfucker before, but now it's just like you. You're growing as, a, as an all-around man.
1: Thanks for that. What's
0: Jared. yeah, yeah? What's the uh
1: what's changed, man? I'm telling you, you know, a, a little bit has to do with you know. If I want to kind of like rewind it and be legit, you know, when I came to Indy, I didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. and you know, I, when I left from my hometown, I moved here. I was, I had a clean slate. I could kind of be whoever I wanted to be and rewrite who Zach Hummel was and who I wanted him to be moving forward. So, like, how I carried myself and, you know, how I presented myself to people. I don't have to be that same, like, party guy. And whatever yeah. I was from back home, I was ready to mature out of that college state and start turning into, you know, a man and growing myself more as a person. And then I kind of fell into the spotlight a little kind of quick in town. If you mm-hmm. ask me, I went from literally I could didn't know one person here to now, you know, I go around town or if I'm out and something, you know, I usually typically see someone who knows me. So getting thrown into the spot like that quick and this little bit of fame, if you will, that I have and people recognize me kinda like made me realize that there's a lot of people watching me and I don't think I always give the best advice mm-hmm. but I wanna make sure that it's at least somewhat mature and that if I'm giving things out that it's somewhat productive. Yeah. And I don't wanna be like a negative nuisance to anybody mm-hmm. or like kind of derail anyone from their mission or, or speak to people in a manner that's gonna make them lesser. Right? Yeah. So I kinda of just like been carrying myself a little bit more perspective and understanding that people are paying attention to me, so it's probably important I pay attention to things I say. Doesn't mean I still don't say dumb shit. Yeah, no I get that. I like that. I uh I think you're really good at
0: speaking confidence into people. Just like helping people see their best self. Um that's one one of the reasons I I think we get along so well. Every time I see you, you, got something good to say to me. So I like when people say nice things to me.
1: Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like that's uh, that's why I started. Remember when I started calling you Big Dick? You're like, dude, I've never been a dickhead to you once. I'm like, no, nah, bro, Big Dick. Every guy likes me <laughs> being called Big Dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, it threw me it threw me off a minute because I don't I don't know even where that came from. I saw it was like a big like Big Dick energy kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why am I a dick? I didn't do anything <laughs> to you. <laughs>
1: But, but yeah, people that... like to be, you know, encouraged, <laughs> you know. You know, encouragement says, I see what you're doing, and I see the things that make you happy, and I support it. Yeah. You know, that's all encouragement is. I mean, you can be I like that. doing whatever you're doing, you know, and it's like, if even if our missions don't align, like, and I see that you're doing, like, good things, like, I'm going to support it, and I'm going to encourage you. And what's also, I think, really neat, and this is definitely a blessing for me, is when I... I have the ability, when I'm outside of people's universes, like you're in your own little universe with any fitness mag, you guys are mm-hmm. thriving from there, and I feel like I have so many great ideas for you guys, because I'm, like, outside of your space. Yeah, that probably helps. You know, like, I, like you could tell me a lot of great ideas for Iron Valley Bar, but I'd be like, oh, that's genius, because <laughs> you're seeing it from the outside in, I'm looking from the inside out, mm-hmm. so it's like, even at times, you know, it's you, you have to really understand your audience and your customers and being as I am your audience and essentially I am your customer because, you know, I support you guys, I feel like I can give you guys good insight as a customer and it's productive, you know, from a, you know, a friendship and you're like, you know, you just take off and yeah. you know, I might run with whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, I think, so I want to back up a little bit. One of the reasons that I wanted to start doing this podcast is because I'm tired of um, people giving life advice that really haven't done anything and just like spitting out, shit that everybody's heard in the book before or some kind of quote online and I wanted to have like real conversations with real people you're one of the few people that I know that can just come up with something that's like motivational and inspirational just it'd be original where (laughs) where the hell does that come from every time we get on here every time we've podcasted what like six or seven times by now and there's something that you come up with like the one time was like um Whenever you're out in the ocean, it's hard to see the horizon when you're drowning or something like that. Yeah. Where do you come up with these original thoughts? Do they just they just pop in your head or what? Yeah, why? I
1: think I'm really great at storytelling. So yeah. I'm really good at, like, putting myself in situations of, and, you know, most of it's like, you know, most of the time we're talking about this is, like, adversity. Mm-hmm. And I just understand adversity is from the things that I've gone through in my life. So I feel like. I can tell a story based off my adversity. Like a story I told recently was when I was younger, I was like eight or nine at the time, and we didn't really have a lot of money to go on vacations and different things. But I had one of these lens changers, and what it is, you hold it up to your eyes and you click this. Oh, button I remember and it, those things. Yeah, and those it are changed. Sweet. So one minute you're at the beach, right? The next minute you're on the mountains, and look how you just said that. Oh, dude, I remember those things. They were yeah. sweet. You know, that made an emotional attachment to you. So what I was able to recognize was, even though when I looked in front of me. I didn't have much and our house wasn't shit and I didn't have nice clothes and we never got to go to the beach. When I put that thing in front of my eyes and I clicked that button, I got to see the beach and I attached that that sight to a feeling so it made me feel good in the moment. So I learned from a really early age that if I could just change my perspective or change my lens on a situation, I could be content in any situation that I'm in. I'm talking from like eight or nine years old. Right. So you grew
0: up in West Virginia, right? Yeah. Where, where at?
1: So like Northern Panhandle, West Virginia, about 45 minutes to an hour from Pittsburgh.
0: OK. OK. And then, I mean, you had like, you had a, I don't know, I don't know if rough's
1: the right way to say it. is a yeah. rough childhood? Yeah, you know, Rocky. Um, rocky, OK. We didn't really have much money. My parents went from alcohol addiction, drug addiction, depression, physical and verbal abuse. Uh, m- not my mom, a lot of my mom's been like excellent, yeah. but she's definitely had a lot of, you know, adversity in her life as far as drug addiction and depressions that, uh, you know, I kind of had to see firsthand growing up. Then my parents got divorced. My mom was a single mom with two. And, uh, yeah, you know, that same old story. Yeah. I know yeah, we kind of talked about it a yeah. few times. You don't want to beat a dead horse.
0: Right, yeah. So, and then
1: you found you found solace in the gym. Is that yeah, early on. Yeah, You know, I found the gym around 11. Actually, I got my first weight set when I was, like, 9 or 10. And I never really fucked with it. You know, it's obviously one of the things. I right. went in the basement and had, like, a bench to it and a pull down. I'd go down to like. I still remember going down a couple times a week and just maxing out on leg extensions and shit, <laughs> you know, whatever I was doing at the time. And then I really started getting into it around 12, 13. Around 12 years old, we moved into the duplex my parents got separated. So my mom lives in this old duplex and then the attic was just filled with just like some antique shit that people have been leaving there for 40, 50 years. And inside was this old weight set. Some people will be able to recognize this. It was like a flat bench with two poles on the side, and the, the plates were filled with sand. They are plastic-filled fill, plates Yeah, of yeah sand. I remember yeah. those. So it said like 15 pounds, but it was really like 8 or 9 because half the sand was right. out and had of duct tape slap on it. And I trained every single day. As soon as I got those weights, it was kind of like how I was able to release a lot of frustrations and anger, uh, you know, lifting weights. And then... My stepdads so my mom started dating my stepdad pretty quickly after within six months after my mom got divorced, and he had a complete gym like we actually he actually opened the gym with the equipment that he actually put into our basement, so he was training people out of our basement and you know I was kind of just like grew up you know grew up in it okay so I was like like while other kids were reading when they were like 13, 14 I was reading the Arnold Encyclopedia. Like, that was the first book I ever read. Like, I was studying conjugate methods. I was writing programming my freshman year at high school, like, for juniors and football team. I weighed, like, 100 pounds.
0: And so, I mean, I don't know that everybody – well, probably most people that are going to hear this probably know at least a little bit of who you are. But so just a little background, like, on your lifting career. So you went from, you know, working out in your basement with your home equipment to – I mean, you have records. You were smashing – smashing weights, like, all the time. Just, like, I want to know a little bit about the background then we can kind of just talk the shit. Like, Yeah,
1: so uh, I started from early on. I was always training for performance, so strength training. I started amateur boxing in high school as well, uh, outside of, like, the school. Or, you know, the school didn't have an organization. It was an mm-hmm. outside club. I started boxing, so I was like, you know, obviously I can use lifting weights to hit people harder. So it kind of just worked. So I started always strength training from a young age, started learning, like, more conjugate-style training, uh, and I started powerlifting, you know, competing. You know, I don't even know what year I started. I was doing non-sanctioned meets a long time ago, 17, 18 years old, maybe. And, you know, I was doing non—I was doing competitions and just trying my strength. And, you know, and then I said I was elite for, you know, I've been elite in powerlifting for years. Uh, had some, like, federation world records, like IPA, International Powerlifting Association, had their squat and their total world record. And then I uh, kind of got a little bored with powerlifting. Honestly, I needed a new challenge. It was it was over a decade I'd have been strength training, training and towards the top, you know, seven hundred pound squat, seven hundred pound deadlift, and a four fifty bench. So essentially, about any competition I would go to, I'd end up winning the competition. Right. Um, now, now, trust me, there's still I still wasn't the all time greatest by right. any stretch of the imagination. But you know, when you go to most of these shows, uh, the weights I was lifting was, I was like lifting like a two twenties, two forty guys to Pounders when and I was at 180. Yeah, yeah. I was at 180. So I, I wanted to really just, and powerlifting kind of started taking off of recent too, you know, with social media especially. So like people who got into the the realm of powerlifting and strength training were a lot different than what I was used to. Uh, it, I almost I almost relate them to like the bodybuilding crowd, the very self-righteous crowd, look at me and look what I can do. No beef on bodybuilders. I love you guys <laughs> and I think you're extremely dedicated. One of my best friends, Jay, has a tons of bodybuilder and I support him. I think it's, you know, awesome what you guys do, but I do think it's a very self-righteous niche of people. You know, they're very, look at me, and look how big my biceps are. And then powerlifting started flirting, flirting that way a little bit more, too. You know, with, like, squat depths and sumo's mm-hmm. cheating. And this all this, like, bogus bullshit that I'm like, dude, old school guys just don't think this way or act this way. If they see you do 405, like, fuck yeah, that's awesome, bro, let me try to do 410. Yeah. Like, we're hyping each other up. We want each other to do better. So I was like... I don't want to be, I don't want to fit in with this demographic. So I started just like pulling myself away a little bit and I started flirting a little bit more towards the straw man demographic because it was a new challenge for me. Mm-hmm. I like the implements and the challenges that it presented and the feats of strength that was included per each competition. So I started flirting more towards that. I won the, won my first show last year in straw man at 200. I was the Kentucky strongest man at 200, which now my gym manager and trainer, Jeremy, just took the 200 pound. Uh Kentucky strongest man this nice. year. So IBB won it back to back here. Nice.
0: That's great. Are you gonna
1: are you gonna continue to compete? I know yeah, you yeah, had so a injury I, this year. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually competing at New York strongest man. Damn, okay. Uh, yeah, New York City What's Jan- that? January eighteenth. So I'm back on the saddle, bro. You know, I'm feeling good again. I'm starting to peak. You know, I'm feeling yeah. myself. Yesterday I benched three thirty five for ten, you know, reverse grip, and my hands <laughs> flopped. So I'm back, you know. There we go.
0: The, you posted last week like uh two twenty five. Now, anybody, listen, just take a guess how many times somebody can possibly bench 225, and you did it how many times? 48.
1: 40? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've done 225 48 times total in my life. It was
1: right <laughs> around the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it was right around the same time that uh, they have the combine in town, Okay. NFL combine. You know, oh, so you were seeing, like, how you would stack how up? How I'd, you know, quote, unquote, stack right, up. Right, of course. You know? And I remember, it's like, dude, these are way more than the guys, because the record, I think, is 52, and that's by, like, some big-ass dude. So oh, I'm really shit. close to it. My best was 50, right? So I'm real close to it. But I crack up when people are like, dude, that's fucking nuts. And I'm like, listen, though, man. Like, I'm a professional strength yeah. athlete. They're a professional athlete. And I ain't never got a million-dollar contract for benching 225 for 48. <laughs> Not yet. It sounds like. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, too, like, there's a lot of things to be said there. You know, you can, you know, just... I feel like it's crazy even to like mention this type of stuff, but you know, in the combine, there's like completely locked out, like almost like you know a pause yeah. rep. You know, I'm just like rolling with. I'm not jamming my elbows closed every single rep. I'm just kind of going with the reps. I
0: mean, is locking your elbows out is that even good for you?
1: No, definitely not. Especially for that many reps with right. that much weight, it's just causing wear and tear. Like, I want to lift when I'm 70. I got nothing to prove to you, fucking goofballs. You know, I've been <laughs> doing in competition for a decade, yeah. so I got nothing to prove to social media. Like, I did lift to 600 for 16, and someone tried to call me out on like a lockout or something. Like, I didn't lock out every rep i'm like dude fuck off yeah. like dude i pulled like if you do it then you pull 616 times if you're so fucking bad and lock out every day yeah and yeah. lock out or, and just do it for one i mean most of the people saying they're saying you're gonna do it for one you know so it's i've never really tried to like give a fuck what anyone else was saying about the lifts if
0: yeah so not I not done I, in
1: competition it don't count anyways you know right like any any joe schmo at la finish can say they bench 315 <laughs> it, it's just facts it is yeah <laughs>
0: So you, I mean, you are killing it on Twitter, which is like wild to me because I thought Twitter was dead for the longest. And Bro, then I'm about like, like 2,000 followers. Yeah, like I know. like six months. I know. You, you sent me some, some stats last week and like that many impressions, I'm not going to share it with everybody, but that many impressions, if you were to buy that many impressions, you're looking at thousands and
1: thousands and thousands of dollars in ad spend. Wow. Yeah. Good deal. It's crazy. Um, I think I'm filling the gap. You know, people people are starting to recognize now if you want to lift weights, you have to understand how to, you know, load the weight and distribute the weight properly onto the body to, you know, not get yourself injured. You have to be on effective programming in order to put yourself in a position to continue to progress and stop yeah. plateauing. So I'm just filling that gap. It's like Uber. You know, Uber saw a problem; they fixed it. Any mm-hmm. Fitness Max saw a problem in the community; they fixed it. Like that's just what I'm trying to do. I see a problem. People are getting in the space. Uh, fitness is growing like a motherfucker right now. People aren't recognizing or getting poor information. So I was like, "Hey, let me fill this gap. Let me be someone that you're going to hit me up on Twitter and you're going to DM me. I answer like 30 to 40 DMs a day. Full conversation. Like I'm talking to people, helping people. Like I'm truly about." You know, the people's coach, how everyone claims to be. Like, I'm in there in the DMs every day helping
0: people. And there's there's a huge difference. Like, so I've been trying my hardest to get back into Twitter. I, it just can't. Like, I love scrolling and reading and shit, but, like, I just – it doesn't fit, like, my – like, what I say. I just – I can't tweet that much, man. I just mm. – I don't know what it is. It's just not my my forte. Maybe not yet, anyway. But, like, there's a huge difference. Like, there's tons and tons of fitness, fitness accounts, right? But there's a huge difference between – your account and the information you're giving, which is, it seems like it's out of a mastery of the subject, as opposed to people that, like, read something recently and then switched a few words around and claimed it as their own information. How often are you getting people in, I also see people coming at you and saying, like, this, 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 and you're like, oh, okay, well, you can't do this, and da-da-da. Like, how often are you seeing people come to you and saying, like, listen, you give way better information than anybody else compared,
1: and... Like what How am all Jesus Yes often, often Often Yeah And so <clears throat> I mean on a day to day basis Yeah you know, People are You know thanking me For the information That I'm putting out They're super excited About the info I'm putting out they're just And they're saying The same thing as you And I'm interested Like what makes you say that Like I feel like What I'm doing is I'm essentially talking about Things that people Aren't talking about And I have the ability to, I think, say things at the quote-unquote quoting you the mastery level. Mm. It's because I just truly understand what I'm talking about. I don't have to like regurgitate information, so I'm not regurgitating an article I just mm-hmm. read it and trying to like say it verbatim. Right. And I'm just saying it based off. I can I can pair in stories. Like mm-hmm. as I'm like talking about a lift, I can talk about a story that resulted in how I learned, you know, to fix or to improve X, Y, and Z. Uh, So like basically basing things off of real examples and actually showing you the examples, which I think a lot of coaches fail at, too. They show you the beginning picture and then the end picture. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about everything in the middle. I'm not talking about the transformation picture. I'm talking about the mindset that it takes to get from point A to point B. And I'm also talking a lot about like sustainable lifestyles, sustainable training styles. You know, these these people getting into the industry, they get abs really, really quick. And now, like, I'm a coach because I got abs. Right. So now, all of a sudden, they're coaching people and they're just trying to get everyone to have abs. And next thing you know, i got people walking into my gym who are eating fucking 1,400 calories a day and starving themselves and training six or seven days a week on some bullshit training program. And then they hate their life and they're not happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's what they think fitness is. And I'm like, man, that's not health and fitness at all. Like... That's. I've had a client reach out to me. He was. He was. He was nervous. He's like, "Man, is it okay that I went out with my buddies this weekend?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? Is it okay? If you don't do that, we're not. You know, what I mean, you have to like let yourself go sometimes. You have to give yourself that release." You tweeted about that either today or yesterday, too, right? Yeah, the sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know that's. And that, that's what's kind of bothersome. You know, people getting, they don't realize that they're fucking up people's lives and it could be their last ditch effort. I keep telling you how many people was to me and I was their last ditch effort. They tried 14 different group classes. They had four trainers. They got their shoulder hurt by one guy. Then I was their last ditch effort. And thank God I was able to kind of re-perspective, you know, change their perspective on how they viewed health and wellness, and I was able to put, you know, in a projectory to actually finding success in the gym, you know, and in their actual lifestyle. And when I talk about their lifestyle, I'm talking about eating and choosing quality and healthy foods to eat on a daily basis, you know, choosing to drink more water than pop and soda and alcohol, whatever it might look like. And it doesn't have to be like as regimented and as hardcore as I think as a lot of these trainers are making it.
0: Yeah. So I think there's Another thing I've noticed with Twitter, fitness Twitter, is, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of pros that are just, like, out to murder anybody that doesn't agree with their approach. You know what I mean? It almost like, sounds like, like a Twitter mob. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we can get down that road for sure. <laughs> but it just seems like there's a lot of people that are out there, like, trying to just, like, Get on anybody's ass that is promoting something that they don't agree with, and there's mm-hmm. just like almost like a snobbery of maybe particularly in nutrition as opposed to training. But like, are you having a lot of people that are coming to you, like coming at you for your approaches?
1: Yes, um, not necessarily coming at me, but they'll try to throw like whatever it is. But the good thing is, is I don't really get too worked up when people have something negative or damn us twice fucking up something negative or um, criticizing to say to me because I have information insight results studies to back it up nothing I've read things that I've conducted myself so whenever people come at me with certain things I already have the information available to dismiss their case and if it is quality information I'm willing to listen to it too I'm not I'm not this biased approach I'm an evolving coach I'm literally evolving every single day so when people like subject out exercises and events and Uh, certain foods and different things, I immediately can say, well, if I know your bias, it's because you don't have enough insight on the other topic. And that's when people, people typically build biases. When they hear information from one person and they understand that, like uh, the carnivore diet, right, and they Mm -hmm. they think carbohydrates are bad. Well, maybe for them carbohydrates didn't work, but saying that that particular diet is going to work and be constructive for everybody is incredibly false, especially the fact being that nutrition is only 100 years old, and 50% of the information that we know right now with nutrition will be debunked in the next 10 to 15 years. That's wild. It's absolutely astonishing. So it's basically everything you're right now is fucking half of It's bullshit. That's why when I'm pitching shit, especially on the nutrition aspect of things, I'm like, dude, this is evolving. Mm -hmm. All I know is eat whole foods, eat clean, choose better quality foods. You know what's good over the shittier foods, and you're going to be in good shape. What do you do for, so
0: does Dylan do your nutrition? Yeah, Dylan does all my nutrition. What do you do for, like, do you have a specific plan? Or you just, you're like, you were just eating a shit ton of calories for a while, right? Yeah, I still am. Okay. But it's
1: usually like eighty percent to ninety percent is clean. Okay. So like I'm eating four to six thousand calories a day, you know, five hundred to eight hundred grams of carbs a day. Damn. And it's just uh, you know, same food as everyone's like, How do you doing? Eat all that food. I'm like, I'm just doing the same shit y'all are doing, just eating more of it and being miserable you know and it sucks you know to stuff your face with that much food on a consistent basis and, train and
0: the level training and you still trying to, were you trying to get 220 yeah you're still trying to oh yeah nice by sure. the end of the year that was the goal man i'm nice. stuck at
1: 205 right now though i'm gonna do a lot of like junior bacon cheeseburgers <laughs> but you know what's funny twitter's funny um and people what i what i realized is people get a really emotional when people get emotional about criticism it also goes to show me that you might not be as educated
0: mm-hmm.
1: in your information as you might think you think that you are so i like to use negativity and criticism to showcase trolls like Everyone's like, don't even give them attention. I'm like, no, because it gives me more attention. When I quote tweet, this guy said, touch and go red deadlifts aren't real deadlifts. And I quote tweeted it and explained, no deadlift is a real deadlift unless it's done in competition. So shut the fuck up about your bogus ass how much you can deadlift at LA Fitness. No one cares and none does it count. It only counts when you're in competition anyways. So demonizing or saying that touch and go red deadlift is not counting as real reps is eliminating a great tool that's gonna develop your hamstrings, your quads, your lower back, your upper back, you know, multiple things. It's going to develop your actual reset deadlifts as well so demonizing this i can put this guy on blast educate people you know essentially i'm showing you like look the world's saying that sumo deadlifts are bad you guys listen to me and you're you come to me for my insight you want to hear my inf- what i have to say about this topic here's what i have to say about this topic i was able to use the negativity that you did to draw in like i got like 40,000 impressions from that last night so it's understanding how to use the criticism negativity to your favor don't take it personal you know here's the deal and this is where people miss a lot dude if we're walking down Broad Ripple now and some fucking bum sits down here he's smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer looks at you as you fucking loser you don't have any arms you wouldn't even like you wouldn't stop and tell him to fuck off you would just keep walking you wouldn't even give this guy the time of day because he's some bum on the side of the street Mm -hmm. but if but every word looks the same on Twitter
0: Every yeah. word looks the thought. exact
1: same, so people register this as they're actually being criticized. This half these motherfuckers ain't on my level; they couldn't carry my gym bag. I'm not gonna take it, their, their criticism to heart. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I like. And the, if it is healthy criticism, I can still be like, "Yo, that's a great insight. Let me actually implement that." In- I'm not too prideful to say that, but that's also learning how to remove yourself from the ego. Yeah. So
0: I want to do a little transition here. Because I can't keep up with you in a health and fitness conversation. I don't even know what questions to ask. It's been rough already. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I'm doing all right. No, you're doing good. I just, like, I have no idea where to direct any kind of conversation yeah. with this because I don't know enough about it, even though I run a fucking fitness magazine. I
1: like the social media stuff, though. It's Yeah. I've been I able can talk to really about that. a lot of people, you know, on uh, that that whole like understanding how to navigate through negativity. Because I mean, I've had like burner accounts made about me and shit, like some bogus stuff. Zach Hummel's a bitch, and I'm like, dude, you. Guys just, I made that account. Yeah, I'm like, thank you, because now you're just giving <laughs> Zach Hummel more yeah. publicity. Amen. That's all you're doing, homie. Because someone's gonna like my shit, you know. So when someone like retweets my shit with some negative comment on it, I literally go on and I'm like, yo, thanks for the retweet, because someone in your timeline is gonna realize you're an idiot, and they're gonna be like. They're going to see who I am. And next thing you know, when I see people do that, I end up getting followers from it. That's a perfect way to look at it. Thank you. All right,
0: here's one. What's your favorite conspiracy theory?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would work. Dude, I, knew I, don't think, I don't think the pyramids were designed by real people. Okay. Uh, not, maybe not real people. I'm not saying there's aliens. But we are biased and goofy as fuck to believe that we're the most evolved civilization ever walked the earth. We can still We can't figure the fuck out how the pyramids were made. We, we, we barely have the technology to do it now. They're like, they did it by hand. I'm like, you're a moron. No, they did not. Something was used to, m- to construct these pyramids. Uh, what's that other one, Ash? Mount Pikachu- Put- 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 Putamaku or something? Mount Pukamaku or something. I forget what it is. Mount Monku or something. It's on 12,000 elevation, right? And there's like 10,000 ton blocks just thrown all over the place. Is that the one Mount Pukamaku uh. or something? Google it, Jamie. Pull it up. It's Mount Mount Puka something, and it's uh it's at twelve thousand feet elevation. So like trees don't even grow up there. How the fuck did they construct this massive ass piece? They can't even decide on what it is. It's in Going like with... it's I in can't like find South... Mount Puka. It's in South America, twelve thousand elevation. Pukamong. Pook, you don't remember what it is? We Puma watched? Punku? Yep. Puma Punku. Puma Punku, okay. Yeah, look it up. It's only like 12,000. They, they, there's no, they They don't know. And there's like precision, precision holes drilled. Like you can tell that there was actually used like drilling. So I think
0: I might have heard of this and they found like basically drill bits that yes. couldn't like. There's no way that Correct. we had the technology to make these things
1: back. And on top of that, there's face structures of every identified, like, you know, like like how white people have distinct looked, mm-hmm. how people of color have distinct looked. There's a fucking alien-shaped head there. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's aliens. I do watch ancient aliens. But what I am saying is it's like it's bizarre to me how we've like wrote history and we're not willing to rewrite it. And I just feel like that's kind of bogus. I also think the pyramids are way older than a couple thousand years old. I think they're like 10 to 15,000. Absolutely. Why do you think that? I mean just like with erosion on on, mm-hmm. on the finks and multiple things. And, and the erosion on the finks is like is is the one thing, but also like when you start like digging into like the, the conspiracies behind it and start talking about like how much erosion it would have taken the pyramids to, like, get down to the position that they're at now, and, like, they were supposed to be built by the Nile River, and it, the Nile River would have been, like, 10,000 years ago if it was built right there. Why would they build it that far away from the Nile River? Because mm-hmm. they need water, right? Right. Every, why would you build that far away from the Nile River if you didn't, you know? So, like, things like that make you question it. Well,
0: how much, how much of those stone blocks wait? Weren't they, like... 2 million pounds or something? Yeah. Stupid like, like that?
1: A thousand, dude, like 20,000 pounds or like 20,000 yeah, tons. Pounds, a little much. Yeah, 20,000 <laughs> 20, 20 tons or something, like 20 to 200 tons. I forget what it was. Yeah, look it up. Something crazy. So, like, to s- construct this, though, like the manpower that you would need would be absolutely ridiculous. And being in strength, you begin to recognize, like, Jeez. how much is it?
0: So the blocks are two and a half tons, and there's Two million three hundred.
1: See what well, the two these, million was, right? Yeah. Is that where's that at?
0: The Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid. Now yeah. do the
1: uh Puku whatever how big those blocks were. They were ridiculous. What's your favorite conspiracy?
0: Um I'm really interested in Troy. Mm. So I know you like the movie, right? Yeah, me and so Brad,
1: they they actually, you know, when they were making that movie, they thought about using me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They in called st- Instead of Brad. Yeah, I was like four. Okay. Yeah, but for Troy, too. Oh, I'll be Troy. Achilles. <laughs> Troy, too. <laughs> <laughs> the return of Achilles. Back from the dead. Yeah, they don't think that actually happened, did they?
0: So, for th- for thousands of years, so that would, it started out as just like a, an ancient Greek myth, and then... This one guy was like stupid rich, and he decided that he was going to dedicate his life to finding the actual Troy. And now there's, you know, the general consen- consensus is that it, it it was real, and they the entire war happened like all of it was real. So I like I, I listened to this book called like the it's I think it's called the Great Myths, and it talks about how almost every great myth is come it comes from a kernel of like actual history. Yeah. And one of these things I'm trying to do on my podcast is quit saying "fucking like" all the time. It's driving me insane. Uh, Just anyway, no like between every sentence, like 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 a like a teenage girl. Anyway, so like all, (laughs) jeez. So all these, (laughs) all these, um, all these myths come from actual historical stories that that happen. So um, you know, the birth of. The birth of Christ is, like, historical, and I just did it again. I got to stop doing that shit. Anyway, it's uh, all these things come from historical kernels of truth, and it's just, like, wild. The, um, the story of Troy, though, was they
1: found that it's, it actually happened. That's pretty badass. I believe, like, a lot of those myths, man. I just feel like Zach homer was going to be a fucking myth one day. Yeah, I guess that's more of a myth than a conspiracy theory. I gotta think of a good conspiracy uh, theory yeah 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 i mean i think there's aliens i think there's i think there's aliens forms. too so if there's aliens how does that work with like y- your beliefs it doesn't change them doesn't change them yeah, solidifies hate.
0: really yeah yeah i don't <clears throat> believe that we're the only beings but there's also this thing i was just listening to i forget what i was listening to the other day it's called the it was about the fermi paradox and basically, and it, it makes sense. So, any civilization that would be technologically advanced enough to be a you know traveling civilization to go from galaxy to galaxy, by the time they reach that amount of technological maturity, they already kill themselves off. So, like if you if you look now, like we are, we're at a, <laughs> we're at a point where things are dangerous, and our technology could overtake us, and we could be done. Right, so the Fermi paradox is just saying that whenever a civilization gets technologically advanced enough to go to another planet, they've already. Or how if it was actually
1: us. How if we've actually re- already been technologically advanced enough, and we were actually the ones who went to a different planet, but because of the time warp, it was actually us that comes back. Time warp shit. You know, I mean, then you're talking like black hole shit, right? Because that's like we don't know the other side of the black hole. It mm-hmm. could be a completely new galaxy. You don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, I haven't either. I got to make that trip. I mean, and book it. I've been. I've had experiences. Right. Yeah. I've had experiences. certain <laughs> substances <laughs> that I thought I most definitely was on the other side of the black hole.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Absolutely. Have you?
0: I don't know if we want to. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Have you? I mean, I've Have talked trip before.
1: Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty open with the amount okay. of things that I've done. I mean, I told you guys these be fucking sniff coke all the time, and you know, this has all been documented. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I I've, I just yeah, want to make sure before we go there. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm uh I'm actually an advocate. I think uh, yeah you for call psychedelics. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just too much. There's just too much research behind it. You know, what I mean, quit listening to the mainstream bullshit. You know, people listen, to mainstream, bullshit, you know? People listen to mainstream bullshit are just super biased and just like, man, you literally like, people will regurgitate me to me exactly what they heard on Fox News or CNN. Right. They'll just regurgitate mm-hmm. the exact headline. I'm like, do you remember when the rainforest or the whatever forest, uh, the Amazon was on fire this year? And everyone's like, the lungs of our Earth is burning. (laughs) Well, then you do like a two-minute Google search on NASA, and it goes to show that actually it's below average this year. The fires are below average. But you read a headline, and you got a big fit on Twitter, and you've got like a million likes, and now you're this huge activist for fucking (laughs) the rainforest burning down. You're dumbass. It was not even up from the last year. It was the same. It was actually down a little bit. But people recognize... Uh, these news titles and they run with them oh, yeah. so it's just like i like to like i take a second back i like to reassess you know denver's just way ahead of the curve long story mm-hmm. short i think denver's way ahead of the curve you know anytime i've ever experimented with you know psychedelics of any sort and usually it'd be like a, a, a mushrooms it's to the point of growth anytime i've ever done Absolutely. it in my, in my past life it was for growth mm-hmm. mindset development it wasn't necessarily to party right you know? it was how can i grow myself here i'm not going out I'm not going to take a bunch of mushrooms to go downtown Indy, bro. You crazy? No, thank you. I'm, I'm <laughs> good on shit. that. I'll pass. I'll go
0: stand in the woods. Yeah. I'll,
1: so are you a nighttime
0: or a daytime kind of guy? Oh, dude. In 24, anytime. Anytime. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. So I I think my, I prefer daytime, but my best trip ever, best two trips have been at night. But I think, pref, like, on the whole, daytime is probably better just because everything's brighter and more colorful. But mm-hmm. at night, man, you
1: look up and it's clear and you, Stare straight up, dude. It's um, it, it's definitely something that you know if done in and controlled. And you know, this is the next thing I like to talk about. Everyone like talks about what if I have a bad trip. There's no such thing as a bad trip. You're mm-hmm. supposed to learn. You know, that was obviously what that was supposed to be from you a learning right. trip that was some demons that you had to face and get out of you. And that's, that's the perfect time to do it. When you're able to remove yourself from the ego and the consciousness, mm-hmm. you're really able to assess your life, your situations, your circumstances and hit them head on. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, if you see, if you know, if you have like, I had a bad trip. I thought about, you know, my grandma and she died. And stuff like me, you're, you're supposed to like, that's something that's still living in you that you need to work on. Right. That's why they do it in therapy. That's why right. That's why they're using these psychedelic mushrooms. To address these, to these address things these things that issues. you need to, that you've, Tucked way deep down That you need to let out Yes yeah. and Learning yourself It and gives it.
0: you I feel like it gives you Access to deeper Deeper parts
1: of yourself That you've kind of Tucked away Most definitely I mean you're talking About neurologically It's open up New neurons in your brain Right mm-hmm. Neurological pathways in, in your actual mind Right Yeah Have you it's, seen The brain scans Of somebody Yeah It's way it's more wild. Yeah The so definitely I'm definitely I think they're, they're Most definitely Productive as I pitch this, though, because, you know, you never know, listen we have a right. 16-year-old fucking kid listening to this. Like, listen, homie, don't take no psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, like, the whole, like, pot smoking thing and stuff. Like, dude, I, even in high school and stuff, when I was doing, like, partying like this, I wish I would have waited a little bit later in my life and actually experienced these things for what they're supposed to be used for, not mm-hmm. what our culture uses them for. Yeah. So, like, I'm not, as I say, I'm an <clears throat> advocate for psychedelics and obviously, obviously for marijuana and CBD. If you're not, you're just, again, like, I think you're right. biased. Um, but I wish I... Didn't have such a pushback from other uh, insights within the culture because I feel like our cultures kind of use these as party drugs and for like the wrong experience where if you use these for a productive experience at the right time and at the right age. With the right people. With the right people or in the right setting Mm -hmm. or maybe you need professional guidance. Maybe you've been through a lot in your life that when you take psychedelic mushrooms and you haven't really done a lot of drugs, like I've did so many fucking drugs in my life so when I did like psychedelics at the time it was just another thing. I could handle the experience Mm -hmm. a lot more where I don't feel like people can handle the experience quite as much so you might want to be in a controlled setting with a professional. Yeah, I did
0: have... A bad trip But it was because I did have some things That I needed to address That I mean just Frankly just It scared the shit out of me It like changed me Like for A couple months Afterward mm. But then Later when I revisited The same The same substance It like It came back to me And it all came in Like made so much sense Like as to why I felt that way last time And you know I said this to Jay last time I also was with Somebody that I shouldn't have been Tripping with right Yeah and that that brought out a lot of a lot of anxiety, but settings are big. Yeah, settings Knowing are big. Where you're Companies be huge. Did you feel like you could like tap into the people that you were you were with? Did you
1: feel like you could tap into the animals, thoughts? the people I was with, yeah, like the whole nine, yeah, yeah. Not even the people, pretty wild, with, yeah, like, animals. Everybody's animals thinking well. out loud. Yeah, yeah. It was it was quite a, you know every time I've ever done it, it was quite the experience and quite a learning you know a learning experience and um, I like to tell people you know when when you do drugs I feel like. With the experience that I've had from psychedelics, and really, I think anytime you enter, you know, when you start doing like hard drugs, you know, like these are like the culture drugs—cocaine for partying, and mm-hmm. Percocets and heroin. Like, I'm not talking to these guys. Like, these are no good. Yeah, these are these are addictive compounds. These are things that are truly going to fucking wreck and ruin your life. I coming from a right. person who 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 has done it too, eh? Uh, you know, my whole entire life got flipped upside down when I was stiffing a perk thirty before I would go to the coal mines every day. You know, my life Damn. was just fucking. You know, I was in a, I was a shit show. You know, to the point where I was drinking all the time and like my life wasn't good. and I wasn't making healthier, quality decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, these things will ruin your life, and I've seen it. Obviously, I grew up with it too. I explained a little bit of my story prior too. Now, other compounds like marijuana, psychedelics, these are things that I can use in your life to actually advance your situation. I like to tell people when you take these compounds, remember. It's self-induced, meaning when you take mushrooms, when you take psychedelics, you took that substance to gain an experience. You don't know what experience. It could be good or it can be bad. If you, however, enter the experience with an open mind for goodness or for worse, your experience will always be good. You won't have a three-month lapse where it was bad. It'll always be good because you're in the perspective that even if you're going through hell, you're supposed to be there and learning from it. Mm-hmm. That relates right back to real life. And you hear me talk about that in real life all the time. I was like, yo, resistance is like the gym. It's life's way of showing you when you're a resistance that you're growing. So when you're going through those experiences, that resistance and that trip, you're actually growing from it. And mm-hmm. if you go with the mindset, it's way more tolerable.
0: Do you, have you had any, any one in particular that has been extremely eye-opening and changed you for the better?
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd say this one time I took pretty high def- high doses of uh, mushrooms, sorry, <clears throat> drank a little bit too much caffeine.
0: Yeah, you're good, I just chugged this coffee.
1: Yeah, high dose of mushrooms, and it really just opened me up to the perspective to see the things that was, yeah, things that in my life that I knew was going on but I didn't think it was an action issue for me. Mm-hmm. And it also opened me up to the perspective of kind of recognizing, like, dude, I'm in this mindset that, like, I understand, like, we're all we're all connected. Like, if I believe in a higher power, if I believe in a God, I gotta believe that man was made made from God. Okay. And if I believe that, like, even if I don't fucking agree with you sometimes, like, but your circumstances and your situations leading up to this moment, Jeremy, were different than mine. Completely in all the way down from your parents and the information your parents gave you and the information you got from your friends and your circumstances and your situations. Therefore, I can't hold you to a level of responsibility for every single single thing you say or do. And this is contrary to popular belief because people love to hold grudges on people. Mm. You fucking believe what Donald Trump said in 2002? You know, and they hold these grudges. I'm like, thank God I ain't everything in my life ain't on video because you guys would just not listen to me. Like, some of the shit and the hurt and the pain that I've caused people, like, you don't want to... You see what I'm saying? So I try not to hold people responsible. Like, you know, your circumstances and your situations, how you were raised and the impacts that you've had, alters and changes your opinions and your perspective. And you're a growing person, hopefully. You know, I surround myself with growing Mm -hmm. people. So, like, if you say some bullshit, I'm going to be like, yo he's just growing just like me. Like I could have said the same shit he could have been upset with me because he wouldn't understand me. And you know me I mean? Maybe we got lost in context and communications and I don't mm-hmm. think he actually has. I try to remember that. I don't think all people, I think all people have goodness in their heart. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very few, you know, not very few, but there's there's like a category of people that the devil has his hand on, right. and you can see that like they like the the mental illness and certain things. Like you can tell the devil has a grip on people, and like there's there, there's certain, but for the vast majority, I feel like we all actually have goodness in our heart. We've kind of just like masked it up with what the culture's you know trying to pitch and negativity because that's all we're being fed. We're being fed negative rap music, negative rock music, negative things on the news. You know, our mental health is not our mental health is everything accumulated into one you know mm-hmm. our intake these are all of our intakes and we put out what we take in so if you eat fast food you get fat if you eat steak you get shredded if you take in negativity you push out negativity you take in positivity you push out positivity so I try to think about these things all the time so when people throw this negative shit at me all the time I'm like ah it's not really their fault because they've been fed the same lie as most other people have. I just have a leg up. I have a grip up. I'm able to understand things a little bit deeper than this person's able to understand them. Not that I'm better than anybody because I still have a lot to learn myself.
0: Right. Where, where'd you pick this up? <coughs> no. I, mean, I imagine you probably haven't always been like this. No.
1: <laughs> no. Fuck no. You know, people say something I'm ready. I mean, still... Don't me wrong, there's still like times where the guy flips right. me off in the car and I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> you know, and I see the people talking shit on Twitter, and the first thing I think in my mind's like, bro, if this was my gym, or if we were in the jungle right now and I picked up a bigger tree than you did, if we're primates, bro, I'm, I'm fucking I'm all your bitches. Can. You're not doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the strongest always wins. He always gets he gets the more <laughs> food, he gets more land, he, gets you know, more territory, he gets more of the females. Like your bitch ass on Twitter telling me I'm gonna get hurt myself for lifting more weight over my head than you would get ripped in half. I saw that's that. still where my first mindset goes. I saw like, that I'm the developing. other day. I had to I had to add to it.
0: That was funny shit. You're like, <laughs> why are grown men telling me I'm gonna hurt myself? It's the softest shit
1: I ever heard. I could never imagine going to someone like, be careful, you'll hurt yourself like that's my Nana would say some bullshit like that. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> it ain't for you to worry about me, motherfucker. Um, so I still get that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I, yeah. you know, as I say all this stuff, I feel like sometimes on podcasts and social media. People can act like they're more than what they are, so I try to be fully transparent. Like when I'm saying these things, guys, also know I'm growing through this, working through Mm -hmm. myself. I ain't perfect. If you want to, you can go through my Twitter and find ten things that contradict the things I already said.
0: That's one of my biggest beefs right now. Is just I'm just, just I'm so tired of seeing people talk. And so, like I understand, like I used to do a lot of things that I would say just like to put out good motivational content for people. Was you know half of it was me trying to help people. Half of it was me trying to convince myself that I felt this way absolutely and now I'm at a stage where like okay I see that you're trying to convince yourself instead of helping people and I'm tired of seeing it not you but like no people, no, no people say, all yeah, over preach
1: it come on yeah. people
0: all over I'm just I'm just tired of seeing it man I,
1: I fell in the exact same realm as you and I still find myself sometimes in that role. don't me wrong like I tweet out every day I put today's objective when I say today's objective those are actually things I was doing way before I was ever tweeting them today's objective mm-hmm. has always been something I thought about and I realized I was like you know what I want to try to get like more personal with people. I want to work on my anger issues. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna be so short fused. I wanna live in gratitude, just whatever. I wanna smile more. Mm-hmm. When I started thinking of these things, I actually made it up in high school. Like everyone's like, dude, homo, you're always smiling, bro. So I always smiled because people liked when I smiled and I got recognition for it and mm-hmm. I got clout for smiling all the time. You got a great smile, man. Yeah, so I kept smiling. <laughs> you know, I used to practice my smile when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah oh, this I did girl, too, yeah, a Megan time. Benham was my first kiss. I thought I asked about that a couple weeks ago. And uh, she said I had a nice smile, so I went home and I was, was practicing <laughs> smile yeah, I was like in second grade, learned how to smile.
0: <laughs> yep, you gotta. I mean um,
1: Go ahead. So what are we talking about? Just so like uh, what people see, you know. So like I, I get like you know I tweet out those daily objectives. Like I'm also trying to talk myself into remembering. Like this is like a remembrance of like yeah. There's definitely that, but I'm I'm talking about more like the generic
0: like. Take what you heard from the first form guy and run with it. No, it's not even. It's it's more like the uh, the soft the softness crowd. Like love yourself. Okay, it's okay. Like I just
1: get. Well, they're enablers. They're victims, actually. <clears throat> right, and the no. soft crowd like that likes to play the victim role a lot too. They're very closely um, affiliated with the victim mindset. Yeah, and I'm tired of seeing them trying to teach fault. people, trying to teach people that that's
0: the right way to think, just because they're the only ones that'll put it out. Like words of affirmation, I think are fucking bullshit
1: too. You're beautiful. I use those. Well, you're well, beautiful. You're awesome. Yeah. You deserve all great things that happen to you. No, you don't. You gotta earn that shit. No, you don't, motherfucker. <laughs> don't fucking tell me I deserve shit when I've been sitting on my ass all day. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, no, like that's the mindset you gotta have, you know, because that if you listen to words of affirmation, or like, Jeremy, you woke up this morning and you are great and you're destined for greatness. <laughs> well, if you go out and the first yeah. thing you do, Jeremy, is talk shit or gossip on somebody. You're not destined for greatness. Yeah. Your actions aren't aligning with the thoughts that you think you're desi- that you deserve. Therefore, you're being a victim. You're, oh, I'm not getting my way. I should have my way because I did in my your affirmations. Head, <laughs> in, in your head, you've been telling yourself your affirmations all day and you're starting to believe things that actually ain't true about you. Yeah. How you believe in things that are true about you, bro, is by living it out through action. If I see like I ain't got to tell people I'm an encourager, you just told them before. Like you know, some, you encourage people, and that's what I love most about you right? That's my words of affirmation. Your my actions show me my words of affirmation as people begin to affirm me of the things that I'm actually acting upon. But don't you think that as far as like
0: affirmations go and like, so you said like you believe that you deserve all this shit and you don't. So I would, I agree with that. But don't you think that whenever we, I think there's a difference between thinking, like there's different levels of belief. Like I can say my affirmations and believe something after I say it to myself for a month. And, kind of believe it, but then, like, still at the core of myself, I know it's not true. But then, you know, at some point, if there's something about myself that I believe, it's almost always going to show up, right? So, like, if I believe that I have issues with this, like, deep down, and I don't share that with anybody, but I I truly believe it in my core, but don't share that, like, that's a true belief of, like, how I see myself, Mm versus, like, me telling myself these affirmations every day and kind of believe in it, kind of not. Yeah. Don't you think there's something to be said about the things that people truly believe always showing up in their lives?
1: Absolutely. I, I actually I have, a, like, a, a quote that, one of my famous quotes, if you will, I said, we are what we believe. Mm-hmm. But perception is also reality. You know, who's the comedic uh, comedy guy who killed himself? What's his name? Uh, recently? Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Loved Dude, Robin that was, Williams. like, five years ago now. Wow. Exactly, it's that because Robin Williams is that type of person, like mm-hmm. where you like it just hit everyone from left field, yeah. right? But perceptions, reality—we thought he was great, right? When, but when really, in reality, he was dealing with bigger demons than we ever able to recognize, right? So it's just like yes and no on the backside of things. Like uh, I believe they'll put it this way: I would write my squat numbers, my bench numbers, and deadlift numbers on the mirror, and I'd rehearse them every single day for like 100 a hundred times a day. That's what I'm talking about: seven hundred squat, four fifty bench, seven hundred deadlift you can fucking do it. You're the fucking best act. You're you know, I tell you you're the best in the business. You're the best in the business. Until you, you know, you believe in that, but you can't actually at the core you've got to know that I'm not the best in the business. Like I got learning to do. I got growing to do. If you're not actually the best, you know, don't give yourself false hope either, I right. think. If your actions aren't aligning. But here again, That's the difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance is saying things but not completing the project. Confidence is completing the project and still saying things. Like I'm gonna say, yo, I'm one of the best lifters in the world. I'm one of the best coaches in the world. I'm not just saying that because I'm arrogant, I'm saying that because I'm proving it. I'm proving it with actions day in and day out. That's the reason why I'm the best, because I'm proving it and I have thousands of results to show for it. I've coached people in two dozen countries. People has traveled in my gym from three different countries in 24, 28 states. It's like I'm saying these things, but I'm backing them. I'm confident about saying it because I'm actually proving the results through action. I'm arrogant if I'm like, I'm the fucking best. I haven't trained anybody. So you went
0: in, I mean, f- to use the example that you just used with the, the deadlift or the, the squat numbers. You wrote these things down, and you practiced them mentally, mm. and you envisioned them happening, and you went out and did the work to make them happen. Yeah. How much help was visualizing those things to kind of... The kinda, reason I did it. Okay.
1: That, that's, that's, like, that's how this is like a two-part thing. Right. Like, so I that's, that's where I
0: think a- affirmations are great, is whenever you can yeah, use them and oh, go the yeah. full process, but to great, to but listen also, to some tape that says, you are great, you are bountiful and
1: abundant. Like, I don't buy that shit. It's it's, it's based off how you apply it. If you apply it. If you apply it, yeah. exactly. It's based off if you apply it. Yeah, exactly. If you apply it. Not even how, but if you... Well, yeah, I guess in a sense, because if you just yeah. say... If you're just saying that, that's an application as well, but you're not actually physically applying yeah. what might be. So that's a two part thing. I, I, still, I still hold firm, like, I think it's fucking bullshit. Doesn't mean I still don't listen to them, but I'm actually doing the part. I think it has to do with more of the structure and the completion of the project mm-hmm. of like, are you actually living out the words that you're saying to yourself? Like, if you told me, hey, Zach, I'm gonna start this podcast and it's going, I'm gonna do this Indie Fitness Mac thing and I'm gonna connect gyms in the community and we're gonna grow and Indie's not gonna be such a fat, lazy city anymore. And if you told me, I'd be, that's a great idea. But if you never did anything to apply it, and then you just couple on, look, guys, I'm changing everything, and <laughs> I was voted on United 50's greatest people in India, and like i am like, you're a, you're a poser. You ain't doing yeah, shit, Jeremy. Man. But you're doing the things. So therefore, when therefore, since you're doing the things, it's a real-life application. So I feel like then, it's like the words of affirmation are actually productive. You know, I think there's also such a thing as too much self-help. Yeah. Absolutely, I do. I, I agree. I hate getting around people who just quote Gary Vee all day. I'm like, what have you <laughs> done? <laughs> What have you done? Like, well, I don't give a fuck. I listen. I can listen to Gary V too, but what have you done?
0: That's what I was talking about earlier is, like, yeah, these things that you come up with, you come up with a lot of them just, like, off the cuff, and I appreciate that. That's why I can listen to you give advice to people as opposed to somebody regurgitating Gary Vee and regurgitating Grant Cardone
1: or whatever their little self-help guru of the month is. Like, I, I just, I'm tired of it. Oh, and rightfully so. You know, and I think, like I said, too much self-help is, I recognized this with me when I was starting to go into this entrepreneurial role if you I hate to call myself that an entrepreneur really yeah remember we talked about this before because uh, I feel like entrepreneurs is on a bigger was it, scale was like, it when we sat here and drank like drunk yeah you know, okay. like, <laughs> but you know I think entrepreneurs are a big scale like when I'm saying I'm an entrepreneur like hey I also like I do online you know, I do e-commerce stuff I have a big clothing line my gym's crushing it I have trainers, I, you know, these are things I'm doing but on a much bigger scale. I also own a restaurant. I in my hands. I'm an investor. Like, then I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and that's just my definition of it. I'm not okay. knocking anyone else's definition of what they take. Of, right now, I'm a small business owner. I got a, a fuck ton of streams of income. That's what I am. I own a couple. I have a small business, and I have multiple streams of income.
0: Okay, I see entrepreneur and business owner as two different things, but I see entrepreneur as somebody creating... Something for a need in the marketplace, so like something that doesn't exist yet. So, like owning a gas station would be like a business, uh, a business owner, small business owner. But creating an offering for a part of the market that doesn't exist yet in its form, that would be entrepreneurship. So to you, me. Iron Valley Barbell I'd be a business owner then? For Iron Valley Barbell, I would say yeah. But for ZachComel.net, that would be different. Gotcha. Or, yeah. Gotcha. Iron Valley Barbell.net. Yeah. Yeah. So for your online business, I would say that's entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship owning a uh, brick and mortar business, I would say a small small business ownership.
1: Agree? Disagree? I mean, I'm selling t-shirts like everybody else. You can get them at Walmart if you want. Not the same <laughs> not the same texture. I buy Barbell, honest. I'm not really feeling that much of a need. I I think in a sense, but yeah, I think my Twitter's is more of an entrepreneur page than anything because I'm. Really filling a gap there in your perspective. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about weight distribution. And if you load your lats, your back won't hurt on the deadlift. People are like, What are you talking about? But then I teach them how to do it. I teach them how to externally rotate and load their glutes next. You know, they don't have back pain anymore. This guy's had back pain for 30 years deadlifting. One session with me, no more back pain. Like, then I'm filling gaps. For my own personal use, we don't even, I don't even want to continue down this road, but like, What do you
0: mean, like loading the lats on deadlift? Yeah, yeah. So you can give you a visual? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, when
1: you're, so you're bracing, I'm bracing down my core here. So you see a lot of people deadlift like this in like my mm-hmm. erectors, right? Yeah. Where my lats are, now look at this. Okay. Now that these lats load, there's weight distributed. That means these lats are assisting me in pulling okay. up. It's going to relieve tension from the lower back. Yeah. Keep a nice, more neutral spine. Now, here's the deal. we get in a neutral helpful. spine, neutral is a range. Your back can bend slightly when you're deadlifting. The back is also extremely durable, and you can see that with these goofballs deadlifting all the time, at like Globo Gyms with the crazy <laughs> rounded back, but they keep showing <laughs> up every week and doing it. People knock them, but they do it every week. Yeah. It's like, damn, bro, you got a strong fucking back. If you can do that, I'm not saying you're going to last forever or your results are eventually going to teeter out, but your, your spine's durable. You know, your spine's strong. But if you teach people how to lift more effectively, man, they're going to relieve tension from their spine and have more longevity in the game. And at the end of the day, I'm all about setting world records, but if I can't lift them, I'm 60 or 70, I don't want to do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember. Oh, man, it might have
0: been like a year and a half ago. We talked about like how you were still wanting to compete until you are in middle age, and even older.
1: Yeah, is that so? Plan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta always compete. It's so funny. Me and Asher's time out there They said, like, "You are, your vibe whenever you are competing. I am on a different like. I am mm-hmm. on a different high because when I am in competition mode, like I am twelve weeks out, eleven weeks out from New York Strongest Man. It's New York City. It's a big deal. One hundred and eighty plus competitors. Winners get cash prizes. Top three go to nationals. First place gets a paid trip overseas for the Arnold Classic for Strongman, like big event, right? So I'm like really motivated and focused, like I wanna fu- I'm want not going to fucking lose, but I'm not arrogant and being like, oh I'm going to go and win this motherfucker, but you know, me and my training crew I'm like, I ain't fucking losing this, you know I'm, that's how I got killer mindset, fuck these motherfuckers I don't care if my best friend shows up, I'm beating them well my best friend's going, I'm going to whip him anyway That's always the mindset going into these competitions, utmost confidence, but that just starts to filter out into everything. It starts to filter out into the podcast, into my motivation, into my encouragement, uh, into my business. Everything starts to grow and prosper more because I'm demanding more of my body. Mm -hmm. When I start demanding more of my body it requires me to demand more of my mind. When I start demanding more of my mind it starts to break down so it makes me develop more and demand more of my spirit. So it raises everything because my body gives so my mind has to keep going. My mind gives then my spirit something that's outside of my realm has to strengthen me and keep me going. So everything thrives when I'm in competition mode. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every time we get on the
0: podcast there's at least one mic drop.
1: That, so was that good. But do, would you kind of like feel the same thing? Like when you have a big event going on, like you know, you just had the five K going up, and I just asked you, they're like, yeah, you know, the five K, it's a big deal. You Took guys, it all out of me. But you were probably thriving into it, right? You're probably making good connections, growing the brand, yeah. brand recognition. Look, you guys had a great. T- I wasn't able to show up, by the way. Sorry, I wasn't. No, you're fine. You had a vacation.
0: I appreciate the support. Uh, you support it from afar. That Bro, I sponsor everything. No, never, I never, appreciate never, that.
1: That. never play me. <coughs> I've yeah, been okay. an o, I've been an OG IF, <laughs> I know that man. IFM I know. supporter all I day for life. I'm subscribed to the thing. I'll never unsubscribe. <laughs> about to change my cards. You know, I need a new card, but I'm never unsubscribing.
0: I appreciate it. Man. But I
1: think that's what you know. I think everyone says podcast should. You know, if you have 500 listeners to the podcast or whatever it is, I think all oh, 500 subscribers, 30 bucks a month, budgeted in. You know, I mean, these guys are making a difference in our community. I don't use the tools and resources that you guys even have on there. I've reviewed them so before I because I'm not going to talk about them unless I believe yeah. in them. I'll support you no matter what. Because I'm like, hey, Jeremy's working through logistics. They suck right now, but I'll figure out. I'll, I'll support mm-hmm. them. I was like, no, these guys actually have good resources. I'm going to go ahead and support them. And on top of that, we talk about to all our members. Guys, check out any fitness mag. And you can see a lot of our members, and especially a lot of people we train, are all in on your guys' yeah. shit. Because we talk about you guys because we believe in the shit that you guys are doing. If you believe in actually making an impact, that's a way that people realize, like, I can't make a difference. I don't have to do not everyone on earth is put here to actually make a big difference like you guys are doing or maybe like i'm doing or ash is doing people are put on earth for specific reasons maybe you're supposed to support jeremy's mission so offer out the 29 bucks a month the 30 bucks a month whatever you guys charge for your subscription because they're the ones actually making a difference and you play a small role in that you get to show up at these events communicate network next thing you know you might fall into position to actually help make even a bigger difference and it all came from wanting to support someone else who's trying to make the difference
0: yeah i appreciate that and there was, a, I forget when it was, maybe a year, year and a half ago. It was for our first race. I was like, uh, hey, man, I'll send you a discount code. And you're like, nah, man, I'm paying full price. I support my dudes. And I was just like, damn, that's why we're friends. <laughs> I appreciate
1: that a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's across the board, man, you know, with everyone on my corner, like yeah. my guys and things. Like, I pay for my nutrition plans. Like, dude, I'm about, like, supporting my homies. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, I don't want to get to the top to look around that I made it by myself. If I mm-hmm. get up there and I didn't realize, like, Every time I take a step up at the ladder, I grab my homie and I throw him on my back. say, let's go. Come on, one more. We take the next step, I grab him, I throw him on my back. You know, I know that I'm leading this ship and I'm the one who's making the next move and it's their calculated moves and it's my choice and it's it's also, it's it's mine to bear. So if it breaks, I don't look back and say, fuck, Jeremy, was on, you other know, fuck, fuck, Jay, you know, it's like, if I look back, I'm like, yo guys, I fucked up, but I'm going to make it right and we're going to make it like we're, we're going to take to this next level. As soon as I get there, if I grab my homies and I pull them up with me, and especially when I've built out this strategy where kind of like we all pay each other because we're all like dabbling because we're like cross marketing with mm-hmm. each other and like cross, um, uh, I guess like working with each other in yeah. sessions. We we built this strategy out where we kind of all pay each other in a sense. Whenever I raise myself up and everyone else levels up, we all end up making more money. But what's most important, if I'm saying we're making more money, the only way I make money is through impact. So if I'm not impacting people, I'm not making money. So when I see I'm making more money, I'm making more impact. So of course I want to have more people around me to make more impact. So then inevitably we make more money. If everyone on the team's make more money, we're all happier. I appreciate
0: that how how important it is to you to raise the people around you. So there's like the the Kobe that just is great, and then there's like a LeBron that is great and makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that about you. Yeah, thanks. And every time we talk, I feel like right now I feel fired up and appreciative for our friendship. So thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Same, likewise. So I think uh, now's probably a good time to wrap up. Sweet. Because that was was quite the little uh, ending you just put on for everybody. So where can everybody find you? I want everybody to
1: follow you. Yeah. you can follow me on Zach Hummel on Instagram or uh, Twitter, you can check us out at ironvalleybarbell.net. If you guys are in town, I think most people listeners are probably in town. And a couple of things. A small niche gym like mine can typically, you know, it it almost seems as if, like, we can become this culture that maybe it's hard to get into sometimes or – even sometimes maybe people don't understand, so they talk negatively of it. Obviously, we hear beef going around town about our gym and different things. Like, Maybe don't believe everything you hear. Maybe come mm-hmm. check us out for a sign see what we're about. You're going to realize our culture is much, much different. Maybe you don't like my personality a ton on social media. Come meet us in person. You ain't going to fucking talk to me. Maybe you'll just like my facility. We ain't got to be friends. You might get along really well with Ash or really well with Jay. You know, So before you just kind of judge the culture, maybe think that you're not... Uh, strong enough. I hear that all the time. I hear that the most. Yeah, come on, strong enough to go to your gym. I'm like, what are you talking about? i benched a bar and two and a half on each side for three my first day in the gym. Like, dude, everybody's welcome in my gym. I'm cheering for the guy who's benching 45 pounds on his chest for five just as much as I'm cheering for the guy who's benching 500. So no matter what skill level you're at or where you're at in your fitness journey, you're welcome in my gym. Uh, I call it the, <laughs> the greatest showman if you ever saw it. It's a whole bunch of misfits who get together who want to be better. <laughs> and uh like i told jeremy this my first time i said i'm not trying to get rich off gym memberships i don't try to sell you on it you come in hey i'm interested in gym membership go check it out if you like it i'll sign you up if not thanks for stopping by
0: yeah and i i can oh i want to also add that like every lift that you do there you're not lifting by yourself you have 10 people screaming for you to get it
1: and i love that yeah we're all in this together man that's what fitness is really about it's it's fitness and health like when I get stronger, really like no one around me gets, it's just me. I'm the only one gets, when I eat healthy, like if I eat a bat, if I eat something nasty, it's on me, that's my fitness, right? So everyone's on their own fitness journey, their own space. I can lift as much as I want, but your biceps won't get any bigger. So hating on somebody else's progress or results is kind of like baffling in a sense. It doesn't really make any sense because it's like, dude, how about your own biceps? Work on your own shit. Spend, spend that energy on growing yourself. So I uh, work on these biceps. Yeah, you need to, yeah. but I'm not here to hate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we still got to do the celebrity boxing match. Yeah,
0: that's not happening. Ever. I think we definitely
1: should. Yeah. Um, <coughs> no, nope, not not happening. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, though, Jeremy. I, uh, I always like to be on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. That was a rough start, but we finally got a little yeah, bit I of good stuff it going. Great. I yeah, it went good. Thanks, right bro. on, brother. Peace, appreciate appreciate
1: guys. Till I give my money right. Give my money right.